Hi, everybody. It's so good to be with you here again. Uh, if you're visiting with us uh, today and it's your first time amongst us, my name is Corey Summers. I'm the lead pastor of Summerside Baptist Church, and uh, it's, it's good to be with you in any way that I can be with you. Uh, so today, of course, we're live streaming this, and it's good to be God's people together in this way. Uh, I thought just before we headed into this morning's message, I'd like to be able to pray with you and for you. Now, I don't know all of your specific needs, but God does. And so let's allow a little bit of space so that God can meet those needs and speak to our hearts. Let's pray. God, I thank you for all of your promises. And uh, we will take every one of them right now, that you are our light, that you are salvation, that you are a rock, that you are a refuge. And Lord, I, I pray that that would help us have the confidence uh, in these times where so much around us is in turmoil. Lord, help us to be brave. Help us to be courageous. Help us to wait patiently for you and for things to get back to whatever normal is going to look like. But in the meantime, God, I pray that you would carry uh, your people and those who are trying to help in our world, in our community. Lord, I pray today for healthcare workers again. I pray that uh, every day the uncertainty that they face and, uh, Lord, how they put themselves on the line and how they're courageous and brave. Lord, I, I pray that you'd watch over them, their families. God, I pray for people who are serving so diligently, uh, people in grocery stores and people in pharmacies. Lord, I, I pray that you give them strength and uh, endurance for the overtime they're working. And Lord, just the the, the stressful situation that they're in, pray you'd lift it and bring them peace. God, I pray for truck drivers today who are uh, out there on the front lines as well. And uh, Lord, all the people who are working in stores to serve our very essential needs. God, I, I pray that you would lift them up and that, uh, Lord, we're grateful for them. We want to tell you that. I pray that they would know it as well and that there would be bright spots of encouragement in their lives. God, you are our bright spot in every day. And I pray, God, that you would give us tools to be able to see you more clearly and be able to lean on you and trust in you more by looking at your word now and the promises in it. Help us to focus on Jesus now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Folks, we're going to pick up a series again that we had done a little while ago, and it gets to the heart of what I think is life's most important question. And you may have an opinion on what life's most important question is, but I think it's this. In the end, it is, who is Jesus? That's life's most important question. And there are a lot of opinions about that question, and a lot of people who would want to ask that question uh, are, are people who maybe don't believe. Maybe you're a doubter. Maybe you're a skeptic. Uh, maybe you're an agnostic. Or maybe you just don't believe. That's still a great question. Who is Jesus? And especially if you're in one of those situations. But it's a good question for all of us to ask. And what we've been learning over the course of this series, which again has been broken up and we're picking up now back to Easter, is that Jesus is more than a good role model. He's more than a prophet. He's more than a good teacher. He's more than a founder of one of the world's religions. He's more than a miracle worker. 
Who is Jesus? How would you answer that question? And time and time again, we're wanting to go back to the words of Jesus himself. Who does Jesus say that he is? And Jesus made this series of incredible claims. And they began with two words. And so we're using that to answer the question, who is Jesus? The two words that he used to begin seven statements in the Gospel of John are the words, I am. And he was trying to really tell us who he is because of that. And so here are a few of those statements. I like this graphic. I found one of, one of our churches has, has designed this graphic, and it really speaks to those seven descriptions of Jesus, where he says, I am the true vine. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm your source. I'm your source. Uh, I'm the gate. We looked at that, how Jesus is our safety and our protection. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And how he takes away our darkness. He said, I am the good shepherd. And that's where Jesus guides you. Now, uh, that's the one message that we haven't done. I got I to gotta say, I was really looking forward to that message. But I'm going to put it off to another time. Because I wanted to go to the Ramelair farm. <laughs> and shoot a little video with the sheep. And uh, so I'm going to put that placeholder in that. We'll take a little rain check on that one. But still, a really important description of Jesus where he said, I am the good shepherd. And then Jesus also said that I am the bread of life. And what Jesus is saying there is that he will satisfy you. It's almost like Jesus is uh, making a resume up. Now, resumes are my least favorite thing to do. Thankfully, I haven't had to make many resumes in my life, but it has felt like torture trying to get a resume together. I really don't like it because you're trying to describe who you are on paper and it feels like, ah, oh, how, how do you do that? Um, you know, what, what do you list? What do you put in? What do you put out and uh, leave out? And, and, and what's true? What's a good representation? What's putting my best foot forward, but what's still being honest? How do you like making a resume? Uh, that's how I feel about it. I wonder how you feel about making a resume. But these I am statements that Jesus makes in the Gospel of John, I think really are, in a way, like Jesus' resume. He's saying, this is who I am. This is what I am all about. This is what he wants you to know about him so that you can know him. Again, let me say that again. This is what Jesus wants you to know about him so that you can know him. And the question that I think really uh, comes to term in this I am statement of Jesus is this, in Jesus' resume, is do you have the right relationship at the core of your life? So in other words, what relationship lives at the core of your life that's just the right relationship to have there, that's life-giving? It's like Jesus is asking that question, do you have the right relationship at the core of your life? And here's how he answers it. It's in John chapter 14, verse 6. So if you have your Bibles or a version app that you can look at right now, please follow along with me. It's where Jesus says this, these famous words of Jesus, where he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so Jesus is saying, first of all, that he is the way. He is your way. Now, that term in the Bible is a huge uh, uh, description 
that is used of actually the people who follow Jesus. The earliest followers of Jesus described themselves as the way. They didn't first call themselves Christians. Uh, They called themselves the way. They were people of the way. You'll see that if you read through the book of Acts. A few times you'll see that there. And so what they're saying is this term way, it's at the heart of who we are. It's at the heart of the good news. It's the heart of what we're all about. So how is Jesus the way? And so when you think about a way, you think that a way starts somewhere and then there's a destination. But the way is really two things. First of all, the way is a path. So if I'm telling you the way to go, I'm giving you directions I'm giving you physical directions about a a physical path to take. And so Jesus is saying, if you want to be with the Father, there is a path to take. But then also, the way is more than that. The way is a journey. Jesus is also saying, when he's saying he is the way, he's saying more than that he's just the path to get to the Father. He's saying he's also the journey that you take. He journeys with you. He's the journey itself. In other words, think about this. A lot of us think of, about uh, uh, how to get to heaven as like punching our ticket, okay? So you get your ticket punched to heaven and uh, it, hey, that's it. I'm on my way there. I got my ticket punched just waiting to go there, right? But Jesus is saying, no, it's not enough just to get your ticket punched. It's about a life of following me. It's about a life that's a journey of growing in me. It's about a relationship. It's not about just knowing where you're going to go when you die, but it's actually the journey in getting there, him taking you there. He doesn't just want to give directions. He wants to walk with you every step of the way. He wants to travel with you every day. And so I think that that's why we who follow Jesus so often talk about praying each day and reading the Bible each day. Because it's a journey that Jesus wants to take. He wants to speak to you every day. He wants to live your life with you. And so Jesus is the way. Uh, When you think about that, when Jesus is saying something like that, it usually means that we're not where we want to be. If there's a way to get somewhere, it means that we want to go there because where we're at now isn't the place that we want to be. And so let's talk for a moment about getting from here to there. The way means that we're not there just yet. In fact, it kind of suggests a certain helplessness and a mystery in getting to where we want to go. Where are we right now? And Jesus, if you look at the Bible, the New Testament, as it follows the words of Jesus, you'll see that there are gaps in our lives. And these gaps betray that we're not where we want to be. First of all, the Bible talks about a sin gap. In other words, there are things that we shouldn't have done that we did. And that creates a distance inside of us. So think about that now. Isn't it true that there are things that you regret that you've done? They, they, they have been, uh, been marks of disobedience in your life. They have been marks of, of uh, the stuff that you didn't want to do that may have hurt other people. Distance you from them and distance you from God. They create distance in us. There's the sin gap. That's why we need a way. But secondly, there's a a performance gap. Because not only are there things that we shouldn't have done that we did, but there's a lot of good things that we left on the table 
in our lives. And so when you think about the things, look back five or ten years ago, who you wanted to be and uh, what you wanted to do. And there's a lot that we've left on the table, a lot of good that we've left undone. And so that creates a gap inside of us between what we should have done and then often what we failed to do. And and there's another gap I like to think of as well. And, And it's what I would call the identity gap. It's about who we are. Are you who you want to be? And just about all of us, I think, would answer that question, no. I'm not who I want to be. I, I, I hope I'm becoming who I want to be, but still a lot of us aren't really sure. Our character and the core of who we are, we're, there's this gap that seems to be there between who we really want to be and who we really are. And so that's why Jesus says there's got to be a way forward. And Jesus is saying, I am that way. Jesus says he's a way to a destination, though. And he's all about the destination, Jesus is. And so what is that destination that Jesus is talking about? Um, some of us wonder. I mean, put your favorite picture of what you think heaven is all about, right? Some of you think that heaven is, uh, you know, there are going to be golf courses there and, and beaches in heaven, right? So it's like, yeah, that's where I want to go. That's where I want to be forever. Others of you maybe aren't sure if there's anything more after we die. And you're thinking that, you know, your destination is happiness or pleasure. What, what's going to make you happy here on this earth? Or some of you, the mystics among us, are wondering, is uh, the destination is finding that secret knowledge to what the heart is, uh, to what life is all about. That's the treasure that I'm looking for. That's my destination. Well, in John 14, just before Jesus says he's the way, the truth, and the life, he talks about the destination that each of us can look towards. He's talking about going to the Father's house. Here's what he says in John chapter 14. It starts by saying, he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. But here's where he says the destination. There's more than enough room in my Father's home. And he talks about he's going there to prepare a prayer place for you. And he's going to come and get you so that you can be with him in that home. So in other words, the, the way to eternal life, that's Jesus. And, and Jesus isn't just the way. He's the destination to, to be in Christ, to be united to, to Jesus, to be incorporated into Jesus. That's the destination. He takes you home where you belong, where you're whole. And uh, really interesting that translators use that. In my father's house or my father's home. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've lived in several houses in my life. But I, I, I wouldn't look back and say, oh, well, that's my home. It's where I used to live. Because... It's the people who are with me that made it home. It wasn't the house. It wasn't the bricks. And and it wasn't the sticks of the house that made it a home. It was the people. And, but that's, that's also true of your forever home. It's about who you're going to be with. And, and so 
the reality of the fact is that this whole idea of being home with God, this world is not your forever home. What is your forever home? It's not Canada. It's not PEI. If you're living here in Summerside, that's not your forever home. Summerside. This is just temporary. And Jesus is saying, I am the way to the most incredible ultimate destination, and that's home. And I know for some people, it it can feel a little far-fetched to think that there's this place waiting for me in the sky, this place called heaven. And uh, if, if that's you, I want you to consider something that a great leader and writer, his name's C.S. Lewis, you might know him because he wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, books and turned into movies, right? But he had a clever way of saying things to to make you think that pointed to to some truth. And basically he said that, that there is a longing inside of us for something better, a better world. Are we ever going to know it? And he said that longing betrays something inside of our hearts. Here's what he said. He said, If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. I love that because it totally captures the way a lot of us are. Like this world, even though there are glimpses of beauty and truth and happiness and pleasure, there's there's a lot of that. There's still something inside of that that feels like it's just there must be more than this. And it drives us forward to probably make our lives and the lives of the people around us better. But in the end, it's still, when we get to the end of our lives, there's still something left undone. And that is, I I love what Lewis says, and I believe that it connects to Jesus. Like, this is a clue that this place that we're living right now, that's not our forever home. That's not where we belong. Our home is with God. And so consider your true home. God is your home. And the goal of your life needs to be to be where God is forever, to be like God is forever, to serve God forever. Jesus is the way. But I want you to remember, though, that Jesus isn't just the way to, to some heavenly place in the sky, but Jesus is the way for you right now. He is the way out of the mess that you're in. Jesus is the way out of your addiction. Jesus is the way to peace. Jesus is the way out of of your fear and out of your stress. Jesus is the way through your depression. Jesus is the way through your anxiety. Jesus is the way through your relationship problem. Jesus is the way. I'm incredibly encouraged by that today. Jesus is also the truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And uh, what's that truth all about? This week uh, is often called Holy Week because in it is uh, the time that we remember that Jesus went to the cross. And as he went to the cross, he had a lot of different encounters a lot of it was painful, whether it was that he was marked by a crown of thorns or that he was constantly being dragged before the religious leaders. One of the people that he was dragged before was one of the, the Roman governors, and his name was Pontius Pilate. And of course, Pilate was probably 
trying to get to the bottom of why is this man here and who is he? And there's this pointed exchange between Pilate and Jesus. And, uh, and it goes something like this. In John chapter 18 and verses 37 to 38. Here's what Jesus says in part of the conversation with Pilate. And uh, Jesus says this. He says, in fact, the reason that I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And Pilate flagged that statement and said something uh, that I, th I think really gets to the heart of a question that we want to ask today. And it's, it's this, what is truth? He retorted, what is truth? So there's this conversation where Pilate's trying to get to the heart of the identity of Jesus. Jesus talks about whoever's on the side of truth is for me. And then Jesus, Pilate almost um, makes a statement that, oh, it could be interpreted a number of ways. Uh, it's almost like it could be uh, when he asks what is truth, it's almost uh, like it could be some philosophical game that he's playing. He wants to have a philosophical discussion that probably will go nowhere. Or maybe it could be a smokescreen trying to deflect uh, away from really a, a question that he feels like couldn't be answered at all. Uh, often when we ask that question, what is truth, we might be uh, trying to justify what we like or justify what we want. So we try to end the conversation so we don't have to go to an uncomfortable space where we have to change our mind or change our lives. And really interesting Jesus here in John chapter 14, he isn't like Pilate saying, what is truth? And Jesus totally shifts the conversation when we look at John chapter 14, because for Jesus, truth isn't a what, but it's a who. Who is truth? And I think if we really listen to Jesus here, we get to the heart of, of, of that question, what's, what could be the core relationship in your life? By knowing this, that truth is more than information. It's so true. Nowadays, we are bombarded by information. And I can't help but think about the, this whole COVID-19 crisis. There's information all the time uh, that's being poured out there. Countless interviews and statistics and charts and uh, lots of information out there. But doesn't it feel sometimes like, how do we know what's accurate? How do we know what's important? What's the truth about the situation? And, and that's a really good question uh, to ask. Uh, I can't help you out there, but that's something you need to lean on God uh, for wisdom about. But it's still a good question and reminds me that truth is more than information. Information can confuse you as much as anything else. Truth gets to the heart of the matter. And Jesus is saying truth isn't as much about a what as it is about a who. And he's saying, I'm the truth. I'm the truth. Truth is, is relational. Truth is faithful. Truth is reliable. And so think about this though too. When, when you're looking for the truth, there, there's one telltale sign that Jesus says in John chapter 8 and verse 32. If, if you want to know what's true or who's true, 
then there, there's one tell, telltale test for that. And it's found in John chapter 8 and verse 32. And here's what Jesus said about the truth, which has got to be true. If something's true, then this needs to be its characteristic. And he says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I mean, there's a lot of information out there, but it won't set you free. There are a lot of people making truth claims, but can they set you free? And what's Jesus saying that he can set us free from that makes him the truth? Well, he sets you free from, from the whole idea of the moral scales. Have I done enough uh, to be good enough? Have I been good enough in this life? And there's no doubt that God wants you to be good. But it's not from trying. It's from trusting. It's from having this core relationship with him at the center of our lives. He wants to set us free from religious bondage. That is the truth teller. Does it set you free? Now, I believe that Jesus reveals God. And I believe because of Jesus, we can know God. And, it, and it's not just about knowing things about God, but that Jesus can set you free from the deepest chains from the deepest bondage that's inside of your life Jesus can set you free so he's the truth I encourage you to trust him to be that core relationship of your life today so that whatever it is whether it's chains of fear or sickness any bondage inside of your life to let Jesus set you free so that he can become the truth for you and then, of course, uh, Jesus said that he's the way, the truth, and the life. Now, I'm going to put a little placeholder in that one because next Sunday, uh, I'm hoping that we're going to blow the top off of that one where we talk about how Jesus truly is the life when we talk about him as being the resurrection and the life. But, but for now, know that Jesus puts God's life inside of you. It's a life transfusion into you. And, uh, and this is why I trust Jesus. Who is Jesus? I mean, we've looked at that over the last few months here. That Again, he's the true vine, your source. He's, the, he's your light. He gives you guidance. He's your good shepherd. He's your gate that protects you. All of these things and more. But now today, we learn this. That Jesus is the very right core relationship to fill the center of your life. When he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he's saying, I am the right core relationship to put at the center of your life. Now, Jesus, that's an incredible claim that Jesus is making, that he's the way, the truth, and the life. And the reason that he makes it, you should keep on reading in John chapter 14, because Jesus goes on to confirm like, what he's trying to say about himself here. It's about who he is. Jesus is saying that he's God. He's revealing the Father. Like it says in John 14, verse 7, right after verse 6, it says, If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So it's like Jesus is saying, Ta-da! I am this Father that you're looking for. You want to go to the Father's home? Ta-da! I'm, I'm revealing the Father. You've seen me. You've seen him. 
Jesus isn't claiming just to know the truth about the Father. He isn't claiming just to be able to teach the truth or to be a prophet. He isn't saying that he's a channel for life. He isn't claiming just to know the way to the Father or to point the way or just to be this mediator. No, he's saying, it's me. I am those things that you're looking for. I am that core relationship that you can put at the center of your life. The way is Jesus. Uh, Paul, uh, who came to follow Jesus, and and he writes a a lot later on in the New Testament, he he elaborates. And because the way is Jesus, the way is grace. It's it's letting God rescue you with his grace. Uh, The way is faith. It's this trusting relationship, again, that you put at the core of your life. And the way is the cross. That's how Jesus achieved all of these things, made it possible for us to have this home, to be in the Father's home, is that Jesus spread his arms for you. and He died for you. He bore the weight of your sin and your shame. And those gaps we talked about earlier, where we start out on our way, the sin gap, the performance gap, the identity gap, all bridged on the cross where Jesus takes away those burdens that we have, where where Jesus says, you don't have to perform, but I will make you who you were always intended to be. I will lift the burden of your sin and I will tell you who you are. You are father's child now and always. Is there any other way? Is there any other way? I, I know a lot of you would have that question and, it, and, and you start to get uncomfortable even reading this passage because you think, oh, it's just trashing other religions. Well, uh, you know, don't get me wrong, uh, but it kind of is, right? Uh, but that's, that's not, doesn't sound like good news. It sounds like bad news. And it kind of is. It's bad news for all religions, including the religion that we built up around Jesus, Because no religion is the way. It is just him. It is just Jesus. No one can get to the Father except through me. Wow. Only God can bring us to God. I mean, that makes tons of sense, right? And so Jesus is saying, I am God. I'll bring you to God. Don't go the wrong way. Don't go the wrong way. And... uh, Jesus said as much in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 to 14. Uh, This is in the, the Sermon on the Mount. Here's what Jesus said. He says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. So in other words, Jesus is saying, you know, He's issuing this invitation, come to God through me. And he's not saying, I'm just a way to God. I'm the way. Here I am. I'm here. Come to God. Come to me. How do you find the way? How do you join the way? I want to encourage you to know Jesus personally today. I, I wonder, do you really know Jesus? Are you secure in your relationship with God? Do you know where you're going? Do you know where you're going now 
as you're living this life, do you know where you're going when you leave this earth? Do you know what your forever home is? Trust Jesus now. Trust Jesus for the rest of your life. Trust Jesus forever. That's my encouragement to you today. When Jesus is saying, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, he's issuing an invitation to come to him, to trust him, to believe in him, to, for you to let him be your path, your journey, and your destination. I pray that you would let us know uh, if, uh, if you make that decision today or if you need any guidance or if you need any encouragement in that journey or even if you have questions about what that means, we would love to talk to you. So please reach out to us. We would love to hear about your life-changing decision to make Jesus your way, your truth, and your life. Let's pray. God, I thank you that... Uh, we don't need to do all of life on our own. And God, I thank you for all the rich relationships that you've put in our lives. Uh, Lord, whether it's with a partner or whether it's with our families or whether it's with uh, our friends, thank you for every relationship that's there. But God, I pray that you would give us the wisdom and through your Holy Spirit that you would help us to see that you are the relationship that sits at the core of our lives, to make it really work. That God, today, you would cause us to, to believe in you and trust in you like we never have before. That, Lord, all of the, uh, all the peace that knows from coming, uh, from knowing that we are yours, where that we belong to you, that our true forever home is with you, God, I pray that you would fill your people uh, with that peace right now. Lord, take care of their needs. Lord, I pray you clear away any confusion, Lord, and help us to know that you are the answer and to put our trust in you alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.